Welcome to the Live Well, Perform Better podcast. My name is David Duggan and I'm the director of Below the Line, an Irish-based consultancy specialising in helping people, teams and organisations raise their levels of consciousness, inner potential and performance. I am part of a team made up of experts from the worlds of business, elite sport, adventure and health and well-being. We are coaches, mentors and advisors to some of the world's biggest companies and organisations, as well as smaller businesses, entrepreneurs and people looking to make their mark in the world. Our guiding mantra at Below the Line is live well, perform better. What does that mean, you might ask? Good question. Maybe the easiest way to describe it from our perspective is finding the formula that works for you when it comes to things like looking after your physical and mental health, running your business, developing your career, leading your people, or simply being able to show up as brilliantly as possible into your own life, both for yourself and those around you. That's why each week I sit down with a member of our team or an invited guest for a conversation that focuses on the question, what do the words live well, perform better mean to you? This question is a way into exploring with people from a range of different backgrounds, industries and disciplines. What are the practices, techniques, habits or ideas that they use to help them to show up and be at their best in all areas of their lives? whether that's as CEOs, leaders or managers, or as parents, family members or friends. We keep it short and sweet so that you can extract all the good stuff and get on with the rest of your day and hopefully put some of our knowledge, experience and expertise into play for yourself. This week I'm delighted to be joined by another very special guest, Dr. Senem Donatan Mohan. Senem is a storyteller, scientist and consultant who is passionate about exploring authentic ways of communication. Hailing from Turkey and now living in Ireland, Senem spoke to me about her transition from an academic and researcher to a performer and artist, and how she now combines her passion for science and storytelling in working with individuals and organisations to help them better understand themselves, their work, and the true nature of their purpose. This is a must-listen conversation for anyone looking to understand the role of stories and storytelling in helping us make sense of our lives. What we can learn about change and growth from observing nature, as well as the power and potential she has found in reflecting on ourselves, our work and our businesses through the prism of the four elements of earth, water, air and fire and what she believes they can reveal to us about who we are, what we do and how we as people come together in organisations to achieve things. You can subscribe at www.belowtheline.ie where you can stay up to date with our podcast as well as our exclusive online events and sessions including our Press Pause coaching community. Thanks for listening and see you next week. You're someone I I know and have known for a couple of years but um, I don't know you that well uh, relatively speaking so I'm really looking forward to this uh, conversation just to get you know get to know you even even more and better but um, what I traditionally ask as my first question on, on these podcasts is can you just tell me why do you do what you do because that usually gives us a sense of your story and um, what's brought you to us having a chat here today. Thank you David for having me here. I I'm originally from Turkey and uh, I grew up in Istanbul. I studied chemical engineering uh, at Istanbul Technical University and then did my master's in material science and engineering at molecular biology and genetics. And I also did my PhD uh, in these subjects and became an expert about nanobiotechnology. So I had the privilege to work 
in a level that uh, beyond our perception at the atomic and nano level. And I also had the advantage of uh, working scientific um, cutting edge science equipments and a really good mentors. So uh, I'm coming from academic background, but uh, besides my academic career, I have worked as a performing artist, director and consultant for over 20 years. My life was split when I was at university between science and art. During daytime, I was a scientist and in the evenings, I was an artist. And it kept going in like this for a long time till uh, I decided to quit academy because uh, I loved science. I, I still love science and uh, I am a very curious person and doing this experiment, doing the research and finding out new things, uh, it was great. But on the other hand, I am a social person and I didn't want to spend the rest of my life in a lab laboratory socializing with the proteins. You know, I would love to socialize with human beings, I would say. And that's why I decided to quit academy and just, yeah, be an artist. And then um, in 2013, storytelling came to my life and it transformed my life for big time for the better i would say uh, i was i mean storytelling enabled me to merge my scientific background and uh, my love and passion for art so i became a professional storyteller and in 2015 um, we established in turkey a storytelling center Seba International Storytelling Center. And then there I started to work with individuals, corporates to train them um, so they could develop better storytelling and communication skills. And that's my journey uh, changing in 2017. <laughs> when I um, attended a personal storytelling workshop for three weeks. It was an intensive workshop in Greece, in Crete Island. There I met my dear husband, Irish husband, Peter Mohan, you know very well, who, yeah, who are one of the uh, pillars, I would say, of the Below the Line Ireland. And um, yeah, uh, we decided to get married and I moved here to Dublin. And since then, I established here my own company and my work uh, focus on enabling individuals and businesses that they can unleash the unique and vibrant communicator within themselves. I'm mainly working on developing 
authentic communication skills. Talk to me about that dichotomy between the the academic world and the world of performance and just making that shift because that seems to have been the one that has catapulted you or taken you down the road that you're now on. How difficult or challenging was, was that and, and how did that work out? Um, it was it was pretty challenging because I had this limiting belief that I could not earn my keep, let's say, as an artist. I, I had this uh, belief for a long time. So I, I told myself the story, I had to stay at the university so I can earn money. But it turned out that was not true. Like really following my passion, following my dream changed my life incredibly. I mean, it is just, um, um, I could say, I my mindset shifted from a lack perspective to an abundant perspective. I was always worrying about the future and about the money and you know about my security. But then I said, okay, no, I will listen to my heart and I will just follow my dreams. And at that point, everything shifted. But yeah, the transition was challenging, but I would say also a very, um, how to say, a profound learning experience. Even going back a little bit further than that, so you mentioned being a student by day and an artist or a performer by night, but you must have caught that, uh, you know, they, they often say catching the performance bug earlier in life had you was it in school that you were exposed to this stuff and performance in the world of art? Tell me a bit more about that. Oh, yeah. I mean, I have been in, um, in acting I mean, uh, since I was in high school. And then I, had, uh, I have taken a lot of training during university when I was a student. But then uh, when I was doing masters, they gave me the opportunity to be a researcher uh, at the university. You know, they gave me a position there. So uh, I have the flexibility to be in the campus and uh, going to these drama trainings <laughs> in the evenings, and so develop my uh, artistic abilities and working uh, during daytime. Something else you mentioned there about about storytelling, and I think you're right, being a studying nanotechnology and, and and the stuff deep below the layers that we can actually comprehend and can you just talk to me about more about how you saw that the world of science and, and, and art meld with storytelling because i think that's that's really interesting storytelling um, enabled me uh, to see an animistic perf um, perspective and so uh, when I was looking to the nature, thanks to the storytelling, because in the stories, the trees will talk, the plants will give you advice, and there will magical things will happen. And uh, seeing all this stuff, for example, when I'm in nature, I started to look at, at things uh, from a molecular perspective, as if, you know, the molecules that we could not see what they are doing, how do they communicating, how 
they are organizing themselves and that also nourished my curiosity and so i looked up actually what is really in science what is the sci scientific effort evidence for that and so i had the uh, the magical stories and also the scientific knowledge and yeah now uh, i am trying to merge them more in my work for example i have written a children's book for uh, i mean it's in turkish and uh, i mean since my childhood uh, i am obsessed with two questions why and how <laughs> you know my chemistry teacher at high school he was really getting annoyed with me because i I was always, he was saying one thing and I was, why, why is like that? How is like that? And, you know, just, I was really curious about why and how things happening in life. Especially, let's say, looking at it from a, a chemistry and biology point of view. And that's, uh, I then uh, asked the, uh, ask this question in my book which is the, the the name of the book is why because there are also origin stories that people thousands of years ago they asked to understand the world to create a meaning of the world they looked around and asked why is like that why is the sun in the sky why does this turtle walk slow why do the snakes shed you know, they asked these questions and they made up stories. And actually, like thousands and thousands of years later, science, science, scientists asked the same question. And they uh, observed and they uh, made measurements. And so they could uh, come to some conclusions. And I combined these stories with scientific explanations for children, you know, to, so they can have also a love for science, a curiosity for science, but also they can enjoy these imaginary made up stories. Uh, and yeah, I also included plays, some activities into the book because that is, uh, what I do in the world, you know, I love playing, <laughs> I love playing with things. Can you just talk to me about why in your experience working with stories can be so powerful for either individuals or, or indeed organizations? Because stories carry the wisdom since thousands of years. They talk about the essentials of the human experience. They are not talking the language of the rational. You know, there are there. We cannot understand uh, traditional stories with our ratio, with our rational mind. But they talk an indirect language, the language of symbols. And if we try to understand this language, then uh, they have a lot a lot to say to us, you know, we can really benefit from the wisdom. And what I uh, have benefited um, from the stories is, 
for example, um, we have transitions in our lives. For example, moving to Ireland was a big transition for me. And there, um, I benefited from the wisdom of stories, you know, how I initiate as a married woman and also um, as an immigrant, someone who leaves her country and comes and decides to live in another country. How can I grow roots in another land? And uh, yes, yeah, stories have a lot of wisdom about these transitional moments and how can uh, you pass them with more grace and ease. The same is true then for organizations, understanding the essence of who they are or why they do what they do and being able to translate that to a, a wide group of people within an organization, I presume has the power to be really transformative, particularly if the company or the organization is, is going through change or is about to embark on change. Yes, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. And uh, here, I mean, in, being in Ireland connected me more with nature and um, yeah, I contemplated uh, under trees, looking to the trees so much. And I am amazed by the organizational structure of trees and mushrooms. And that uh, brought me with the idea that actually uh, organizational structures, I'm talking about corporates, have so much to learn from nature. If we look uh, at the micro level, you know, what is happening, how do they collaborate and how do they communicate? If we can get some insights, uh, I would say um, the businesses would really benefit from that, from that because I believe that like considering the, now the climate change problems, the economic uh, crisis and the wars in the world, we human beings do not know how to thrive best. You know, we are always somehow sabotaging ourselves. But nature knows how to thrive best. That's why uh, I believe that there is so much um, to take um, as an inspiration from nature's natural ways, from how nature does an organization. And uh, I think, yeah, I also believe new generation businesses uh, will go this way. Uh, it might now so sound a little bit, you know, uh, at the edge, <laughs> it's, it's not uh, very common, but uh, in, in the years following, uh, hopefully uh, more businesses uh, would uh, dare to, uh, to connect with nature and get their inspiration uh, from nature so they can also adapt their organizational structure more flexibly and uh, more, um, how to say, uh, 
adaptable to change. Maybe I could ask you about something else that uh, I, you have exposed me and my colleagues in Below the Line to recently, which is this idea of, of uh, the four elements. And I think it speaks to what you were saying a moment ago about nature and the nature of the way nature adapts and where you see businesses having to go in the future. Um, but I'm just wondering, could you talk to me about that kind of that elemental, um, you call it leadership, you can call it a, a elemental perspective or prism through which you think people can look at themselves or organizations could be looking at themselves. Where did that idea come from and how do you think it has benefit for people? Yeah, the uh, idea had come from, as I said, from the inspiration from nature. And uh, also in 2018, uh, I joined an, a workshop uh, about the four elements. And um, I mean, this was a workshop um, about med medicine wheels. And it's an, a Native American teaching. Uh, where they use the four elements to balance our health. And um, then I researched not only Native American uh, Indian uh, people, but also many indigenous people believe the energy realm of these four elements induced are the basis of life. Like they are saying that this is the, they are the essentials of life. They are the makings of life. And as a scientist, I was wondering, I mean, they are even not elements, you know? Uh, when I say four elements, water is a molecule, <laughs> fire is a reaction byproduct, uh, earth is a heterogeneous mixture, and uh, air is a homogeneous mixture from a point of scientists. But, but they are called elements because they are the fundamentals of life. They are essentials of life. And that's why I think uh, that the word you used uh, is um, really appropriate here. They are elementals. And um, I started to research about the four elements and somehow found some correlations between storytelling and the four elements because storytelling is also immersed in nature. You know, all stories uh, are somehow related with nature. And um, I just dived into this connection. What are the connections between the uh, storytelling and these four elements? It turned out that according to this medicine wheel, each element represents or somehow energetically connected with an aspect of our being. Like earth element is related to our physical body, water element to our emotional body, and um, air element, mental body, the fire element is related with the spiritual body. So I started to do more research about these meanings and, you know, about these aspects of our health. 
And one day, out of nowhere, I just made connections also with the organizational structures and these elements. And um, yeah, I designed um, a, just a, let's say a content, which I wanted to share uh, with corporates. And thanks to Below the Line, uh, they uh, just volunteered uh, to experience uh, this uh, for the first time. But from an organizational point of view, that's not always easy to create a space to do, but can you just talk to me about how looking at your business from the, the point of view of, of the four elements could be of help to any organization? For the um, organizations, uh, I believe especially the insights about molecular organizational structures, for example, the mushrooms, I mean, they have an incredible uh, organization and they are doing it so fast, so quick, and everything uh, lies on collaboration, collaborative effort. And this kind of uh, structural, you know, there is scientific evidence about this, how they organize, how trees organize. For example, I really find trees a great inspiration for big businesses. Those trees are uh, complex systems and uh, they have, um, how to say, uh, many different uh, organizational structures all joined together. And uh, yeah, I, for example, when I work with the four elements, uh, for me, for, uh, for an organization, uh, the relationship with the earth element is, um, can give many insights about the roots of the business. You know, how this business is really established and how it is rooted. And uh, the, uh, for example, with the air, it is about their future prospects because uh, how they would like to open up themselves, go beyond themselves, you know, uh, because it is all about this mind intelligence and how they interact with other intelligences uh, around the world. Uh, these new prospects, how they are more updated, are they following these new trends or not, or are they interested or not? If they are not interested, why and what lies behind? Are there some blocks, emotional blocks? Because, I mean, we can, if we see um, the business as a living organism, then, uh, which I believe it's a living organism, it's not like a stable structure ever going, ever changing. And so what will happen, for example, if there is some emotional block? For example, it can be a conflict between the colleagues or between the departments. There, there, need, there could be a tension. And how to dissolve this? Because things change in nature through dissolving, not through pushing. We are the ones who are just 
ripping out things. <laughs> but nature does not do that. Nature is more gentle, more um, purposeful, I would say, uh, while going. And uh, I think we really need to we learn how to respect this intelligence, you know, the natural intelligence. And what can we learn from it? And you asked in the beginning, uh, what, why do you do what you do? Uh, interestingly, I mean, like life is really uh, full of surprises, but in the work, in the research, in PhD and in my master's, I have worked in the area called molecular biomimetics, which is mimicking nature's materials, which are they are like fantastic natural materials that we could not synthesize as humans, mimicking them and find some ways to um, make these materials synthetically. I worked in this area and now here I am, how we can do it in the social perspective. That's why it really fascinates me you know, to look at nature, to see its beauty, its magnificence, and then uh, take insights and apply them in our lives as human experiences. Because we are also made up from nature. That will, that is really, that will fit us. <laughs> there are some trees in this, uh, like close to us uh, where we live in Leopardstown, there is a nice garden, Fernhill Gardens. And there are like trees since 500 years anyway. And they have some branches. They uh, went far <laughs> from other branches and then came back, you know, they're making loops with branches and it is possible. And they are doing it. I mean, nature is doing it all with grace. It is possible, you know, to branch up and then change and then, you know, change the direction and then go up and come back. Everything is possible. Everything is possible. Just, you know, um, the question is, do we dare to do it with um, kindness, gentleness, with grace? Yeah, yeah. And... And do we dare, um, do we dare look at our lives or our business or, or, or our organization through um, what is an, a, an unconventional lens to see something that we might not have seen through more rational means? It's, yeah, it's fascinating, fascinating. Could you, um, could you talk to me about the story Cure and what is that and why have you put it together? Oh, that is a very uh, exciting topic for me at the moment, uh, because uh, in the beginning of November, uh, 3rd of November, um, I, I uh, will open a new course, an online course for 10 weeks about the story cure. And the story cure is uh, mainly, um, based on the four elements and how they are related with our health and using the tools of storytelling and the um, inspiration from nature, how can 
uh, we balance our mental, emotional, spiritual, and physical aspects uh, of our health. That uh, will be the journey. It's a holistic path for a vibrant, healthy, and fulfilling life. That's uh, what can I say? And it is, um, yeah, it's a great pleasure for me uh, because um, yeah, I have um, I have been researching about this environment since 2018 and uh, this would be the first time that I share it uh, with others. I mean I have uh, tried some uh, examples or you know some exercises with my clients but this would be more a public share and I am really looking forward uh, to get the feedback and um, yeah, it's, it changed. I mean, the tools uh, I offer, uh, I have done all uh, by myself and it changed my life. It transformed my life completely for the better. And uh, I do hope that also um, this will be a transformative journey, a healing and learning journey uh, for others. And it will definitely be a joyful journey because there is a lot of play in it. <laughs> there is a lot of games in it. I, as I said, uh, I have a very um, lively inner child. And I, I love to bring uh, this um, perspective of the inner child to our world uh, because I also, um, yeah, I, I, I believe uh, that there is a lot of healing coming from this innocent look of children. Yeah, there are, uh, I, I, I talked about nature, which is a great inspiration for me, but the other inspiration uh, for me are children. Um, yeah, and they are innocent wisdom, I would say. So it's a chance for people to experience the four elements and also combine that with 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 storytelling for for them is that is that right uh yes i mean to be honest we will not work in uh, in the realm of uh stories like as a uh, i will not teach storytelling tools but some tools i will offer uh will be related uh like they will be inspired by uh, the stories and by the storytelling. And, um, but what I have done is, um, I have categorized the four elements with the four aspects of storytelling, which is really important. And that is, uh, for example, um, when you look uh, to the stories, uh, it starts with imagination. You know, you first imagine a story. I mean, I believe that stories are made up from words. No, it's not true. They are made up of images. And sometimes silence might say a lot of things in stories. And these image, images, we will work with imagination. And uh, the intention is to cultivate the 
skills of creativity uh, while working with the fire element. Because uh, I also realized on my journey that the importance of creativity for our health is under underestimated. There are a lot of creative blocks that actually turn into physical manifestation in our bodies as a disease. That's why I would like to open up this creative flow so uh, it can be also, you know, it can um, positively affect our physical health. That would be, we will work on creativity, we will work on flow with the water element, and we will work on uh, resilience uh, with the earth element and the flexibility of our physical body. And uh, we will work on harmony with the mind element because uh, the, the mind interacts with many invisible frequencies that actually we are not really aware of. And if these frequencies are instable, just, you know, we, <laughs> we had a very scattered mind. And to uh, align these frequencies, for example, meditations would uh, be suggested. That is a way. Uh, but um, I would offer different uh, methods um, to have a more harmonic mind um, flow, let's say, uh, mental flow uh, inspired from stories, especially uh, we will work with the inner narratives or as Ian Kingston, uh, I'm sure a lot of people would know Ian too, as Ian Kingston would say, how do we carry our inner stories? Like we will work on this topic uh, with them at the air part. I wanted to ask you, um, because you mentioned nature, so you seem to, listening to you, you take an awful lot of inspiration um, and just guidance from nature. But I, I'm wondering are, who might be the people that you look to for guidance or inspiration that could be authors, thinkers. I think for anyone listening to this, that they'd be very interested to know, well, where where do you turn for, you know, some some inspiration or, or fresh perspectives um, in your work? Oh, yeah, this is a great question. Thank you for asking that, because um, I love to mention uh, the, the guides and mentors the inspirations uh, in my life. Um, first of all, uh, I think you know, um, because she also had an episode in this podcast, uh, Sue Hollingsford is uh, one of my great uh, mentors. Um, and um, then Mary Kennedy, uh, who uh, is leading the Celtic Wheel. Um, she um, is also uh, one of my uh, great mentors. I am uh, like I am in the Cantic Wheel since two years, and uh, yeah, she gave me the perspective of merging this ancient wisdom 
uh, with contemporary knowledge. And also uh, she taught me how to um, uh, embrace my own power as a sovereign woman, as a, fem uh, as a feminine woman. Uh, that uh, that was really inspiring for me because in the story cure, uh, my aim is that we also embrace our own power uh, about our health. You know? uh, because I believe that this relationship between and um, you know giving our power away to doctors or to pharmacists is really in balance. And I am, I'm not saying not going to doctors or I am going to doctors, I am going to pharmacies, but uh, questioning or, you know, just is it really for me or not? Not uh, having, a having a two way relationship that really bothers me. Uh, and yeah, I think uh, I really wish that people embrace their own power uh, that, uh, about health. And uh, another uh, inspiration is Dr. Joe Dispenza, who is uh, working uh, in the realm of spirituality, but uh, actually I think he's merging it uh, with the scientific knowledge. Uh, and yeah, I am I'm really inspired by uh, his work. Um, and Satguru uh, is another one uh, I would like to mention. Uh, Marion Woodman, uh, her work uh, about feminist consciousness, uh, feminine consciousness, and also uh, about dreams, which would be a part in of the story cure, uh, because I do believe that this um, dreams are. Um, give us a lot of message. This dreams are really important uh, in the communication with our unconscious mind. Plenty for people there to be uh, to be examining and studying and looking at. And then lastly, Sinem, uh, just where can people find you and get in contact with you if um, anything that they're hearing today is um, sparking curiosity or interest? Yeah, they can uh, reach me from my website, senamdonatanmohan.com is my website and uh, I'm also active in uh, Instagram and in LinkedIn. Yeah, they can connect me through those. Great, great. Well, I said at the start of this conversation, I was hoping to get to know you a little bit more. I definitely have. And for anyone who's listening to this, I think they're going to have had, we just covered so many topics, um, but your passion for your subject, your enthusiasm and the way you um, just, there's a, there is an elemental way to the way you communicate. And I think anyone listening to this will definitely um, get that. So thanks very, very much for giving of your time and being a guest. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you so much. I really enjoyed uh, this chat. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this week's conversation. We hope you enjoyed it. If you like what you heard and you want to stay in touch with us, then please head over to www.belowtheline.ie to subscribe to our mailing list and to explore our upcoming programs and events. Until then, take care and see you next time.